I would gently say to the prime minister, how can I put it? If, if you're going to be a smart ass, first you have to be smart. Otherwise, <laughs> you're, otherwise you're just an ass. Of course, that's Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana with a little Cajun wisdom and uh, directed at the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, or as my friend Vince calls him, Trudeau. I agree with that. Maybe we'll adopt that. Welcome to Wednesday, Wellness Wednesday. Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic will be stopping in. We have a lot to talk about especially since today is National Almond Day, and he's a big proponent of almonds. Before we get to the news of the day, on this day back in the day, in 1852, the Studebaker Company opened in Indiana. They were originally a blacksmithing and wagon-making company that ended up making some pretty cool cars, too. 1852. In 1923, the tomb, the tomb of King Tut, was opened in Thebes, Egypt. And a lot of people talk about curses for going in there. No, I don't think there's any of that going on. 1937, DuPont patented nylon, which would replace silk and much stronger and stay, saved a lot of money, a ton of money. 1959, Fidel Castro sworn in as the leader of Cuba after that revolution. And he held on to power for several decades Communism, you know, because you've got the boot on the neck of the people. You can usually stay in power as long as you keep the army under control. On this date in 1968, the first 911 emergency call system went live in Haleyville, Alabama. And it took quite a while for it to get all across the country. I remember in 1980, in December of 1980, I actually needed 911, but Houston, Texas didn't have it. And I was trying to make an emergency call, and the people whose phone I was borrowing said, what are you doing? Just call the police. I said, no, can't, can't we call 911? 1980, Houston did not have it yet. Just amazing to me how long it took for that to get all across the country. Okay, we got a lot of things to get to today. A lot. Prince Andrew settled with his accuser for a reported 10 to $14 million. Isn't that admitting rape? I'm just saying. And why wasn't he charged criminally? I guess the statute of limitations is over. There was a, um, an attempted assassination on a Democrat over the weekend. A Democrat who wants to be the mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, was shot at I believe in his campaign office by a guy who came in there, pulled out a gun and just started firing at him. Thank God the candidate was not killed. And I believe the bullet just kind of grazed his shirt. But interestingly enough, the man who I will not give any any press to any credit to happens to be an anti-gun activist, a Black Lives Matter supporter. And even appeared on MSNBC on Joy Reid's show last year at an anti-gun rally in Washington. Hmm. Why is it a lot of these shooters turn out to be Democrats? Remember the Bernie Sanders supporter who shot up the congressional softball or baseball practice a few years ago, nearly killed Steve Scalise. Thank God he was taken out. He was a Democrat, as I said, Bernie Sanders supporter. Well, maybe more of a socialist. But this guy, 
this guy appeared on MSNBC and he was at an anti-gun event. Very interesting to me. Uh, There was uh, another resignation over at CNN. Jeff Zucker's girlfriend, Allison Gullist, has resigned. And we also learned that CNN fired Chris Cuomo, not just for the shenanigans with his brother, the governor, and counseling his brother, the governor, but also apparently there was a charge made by a young woman who claims that Cuomo invited her to his office for lunch and he was going to counsel her on how to get a full-time job at the network. She was either an intern or part-time. And she claims that he sexually attacked her. And that was the reason he was fired. I'm wondering if this is going to be what CNN will use to not pay the 9 to $60 million that Cuomo is apparently asking for. A few other stories that uh, deserve a little attention before we get into the wild Joe Biden story. Uh, Good news. A woman was cured of AIDS thanks to stem cells from newborns. And this is the first time it's worked on a woman. This is a treatment that Dr. Royzen knows about, but it's apparently the first time it has been successful in a woman. That's always good when you can cure somebody that way. That's lovely. Uh, Elon Musk, a guy who gets a lot of heat, and last fall people were saying, why is he dumping all this stock? Well, Elon Musk didn't just dump his stock. He gave away almost $6 billion in stock to charities. And he's not telling anybody who he did, who he gave it to, but it's out there. Good for you, Elon Musk. Good for you. Anyone who's given away that kind of money. That shows you understand the power of, of what you're doing. And apparently the avocado blockade that we put into effect against Mexico last Saturday before the Super Bowl, avocado's biggest day, the avocado blockade is starting to hurt businesses like Chipotle. So I don't know what we're going to do. Don't we grow avocados here? Yeah. South Texas grows avocados, and I know California grows avocados. So let's start using some of those. Just saying. A couple other stories here in the news. 74% of Americans think we're going to be involved in a war within the next 12 months. Well, the mainstream media has been talking about a war for the last three months as they've been hyping up this Russia-Ukraine situation. And we've been talking about how dangerous things are getting with China and Taiwan So that's no shock. And I still believe and I hope and I pray every single night for peace. And I hope and I pray that I'm right about what's going on between Ukraine and Russia, that this is all meant to help elevate Joe Biden's status because his numbers are just tanking. He has no credibility in this country. His supporters are running away from him. The people who are trying to get reelected are saying they're not going to have the president campaign with them. That's not a good sign. Yesterday, Joe had some interesting things to say. He said he warned Vladimir Putin not to have a self-inflicted wound by attacking Ukraine, warning of serious consequences. Why not just put the sanctions on him now? 
tell him these are the sanctions, move your troops away from the border. I'm just saying, if that's really the answer, let's do it. No, uh, no, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, Joe also warned that if Putin does invade, guess what? You're going to pay more for gas. Gasoline year over year today is $1 a gallon more expensive than it was a year ago. Exactly one year ago today, you were paying a dollar less per gallon. That means if you fill up 20 gallons of gas in your gas tank, it's costing you easily another 20 bucks. And Joe's saying, well, if we have a war, you're going to get ready. You're going to get ready because you're going to pay more. Now, uh, a lot of people have said, Mike, why do you really think that there's not going to be a war between Russia and Ukraine? I think Lindsey Graham said it best. Senator Lindsey Graham has said that uh, he believes Iran is a greater danger than Russia and China. I happen to believe him. I support what he's saying. I think Iran and its nuclear bomb dreams are a bigger threat to peace in the world than Russia and China. Iran, just they just don't have anything to lose. They'll do whatever the hell they want. All right, let's get back to Joe. Joe spoke yesterday, as I said, uh, he did the little press thing about uh, what was going on in Russia and what's happening with Putin. And then he took no questions after telling everybody, well, you're going to you're going to pay a lot more for energy if this happens. No questions, zero questions at all. But before that, he spoke with a group of people who work in counties around the country. He had a group of county supervisor types show up and he was there being Joe, avuncular Joe, good old Joe, storytelling Joe. And he told a story about a dog, maybe you've heard it already, that uh, I think if this were a Republican, they would be drummed out of office. Seriously, here's the moment. I got a call one night. A woman said to me, obviously not of the same persuasion as I was politically, called me and said, there's a dead dog on my lawn. And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, have you called the county? He said, yes, they're not here. And I said, well, I'll get them in the morning. She said, I want it removed now. I pay your salary. So I went over. I picked it up. She said, I want it out of my front yard. I put it on her doorstep. So Joe Biden is a vindictive guy. This proves it. And he's been that way for years. The woman is someone who he represents, even though she doesn't agree with him, probably didn't vote for him. And she asks him to help her with uh, this dead dog that's on her lawn. And what did he do? Oh, he got it off her lawn and dumped it on her porch. We don't even know if it was her dog. And I know the animal rights people are all screaming about this. But this speaks more to the character of the guy in terms of how he's he's treating other people than it is in in terms of how he believes in the dog. If the dog was already dead, he didn't care about it. But remember, Joe Biden promised us that he was going to be the great uniter. He was going to bring the country together. He's incapable of that. He doesn't have that gene, that instinct, that that reflex. It's all about how he can put down his opponents. 
We saw it with what he said with Peter Ducey in the press room. We saw it most recently when when he was asked a question by MSNBC about inflation. And he, he accused Lester Holt, someone who's in the friendly turf of the NBC News arena, and he accused him of being a kind of a wise guy here. So Deucey's a dumb son of a bitch. This guy's a wise guy, Lester Holt. And now you're, you're telling us that you, you got mad at somebody who is politically on the other side of the aisle and you dumped a dead dog on her porch. Really interesting, isn't it? Certainly is. I just want you to remember that going forward. All right, um, I'm going to step aside for a second. Let's get Dr. Michael Roizen in here, our buddy from the Cleveland Clinic. It's Wellness Wednesday. Let's talk about things we can do to be healthier and live younger and longer and all that good stuff. Well, he's back, and after our conversation, before we hit the airwaves here, I think I almost scared off our buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic. He is uh, joining us, of course, to talk about health and wellness that we do every week, usually on Wellness Wednesday. And uh, if, if you guys could have only heard the conversation, because we covered everything, doctor, didn't we? We went from tennis and Riley in Dallas last week to... And he won. Yes, he did. He won. Thank you. He won the Dallas Open, which is an ATP 250 level tournament and it used to be in New York it, it was the New York Open a few years ago and he won that in New York and he got through the semifinals by beating John Isner in a classic battle of the Giants literally and then in this one he had to face Isner again and they had another classic battle to get through to the finals which he won then on uh, Sunday with uh, President George Bush doing the coin flip and a very funny uh, interaction between my nephew and the 43rd president who's nowhere near as tall as Riley and he thought it was pretty funny. It's actually kind of a cute video. I'll send it to you. I will look forward to it. Uh, and, you know, you might you might post it on your Twitter because I'll bet other people listening to this want that too. I think I, I don't know if I did, but I, you know what? I will repost it because it's been a couple of days and he's now back home in Delray Beach, Florida, where they're playing the Delray Open, which he won two years ago. And he's now going to be playing there, I think, Thursday. So now we'll what's his rank? He was he was 23rd a year ago. What's his rank now? He's number 20. And uh, I think if he does anything this week, he'll get up to like 17 or 18. So that's good. That's Very. great. Yeah. And, and and you know him, and obviously your coaching is what makes the difference. If I'm ever allowed to give him advice, he will sink to number 200. That's, <laughs> that's a given. I am, I'm staying as far away from advising that young man as I can. And have, I, you, have you shown him how to hit a hole in one yet? No, because I haven't learned that myself. And. Have you hit a hole in one yet, Dr. Royson? <laughs> oh no, I have not, and I and Lord knows I have tried an awful lot. <laughs> we all we all have. We all have tried. Uh, Dr. Royson meets with us every week and we talk about health and wellness, and he's the guy I go to because he's the expert, the age proof uh, life series of books and what to eat when and the upcoming book, the new book. 
about um, uh, the Great re- Age reboot. Thank you. My memory is failing me, so I need the book. And, and you can go to great a info at greatagereboot.com to sign up for more info on it. Or if you've got a question of something we ask, questions at greatagereboot.com. Excellent. And Dr. Royzen is very good about getting through all that stuff. Uh, Doc, today is a big day. I like to look at every day in history and see what today's about and what it is uh, designated. Yesterday was National Gumdrop Day, which seems like a dumb thing because I don't know anybody who still eats gumdrops. But today is National Do Almond. Do they still have those little gumdrop machines you put a penny in? It's probably a quarter by now. A gumball the- machines. The giant. It's a giant yeah. gumball. Yeah, you put a quarter in, you get this this boulder of sugar. They still have those? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know who's eaten that cuz you just figure since the since the covid we all freaked out about germs and who's filling those cuz they're not wrapped. You know the you just used to grab the gumball and throw it <laughs> well, in your I, mouth. I think they I think they dump it in, so I don't think anyone touches them with hands. Right. But it's it's coming through the machine and I I don't even want to think about. It. But today's National Almond Day and you're a big fan of almonds and you think we should eat raw almonds all the time, right? Uh, yes, even better if it was Walnut Day, because I'm really a fan of walnuts. But almonds per ounce, 164 calories, healthy fat, 14.2 grams. Not as healthy as, uh, if you will, walnuts, but healthy. Um, very low in carbohydrates, high in fiber, 3.5 grams, and 6 grams of protein. So you're getting a very good snack. Um, and I do mix my almonds with cashews and walnuts and a few hazelnuts thrown in and uh, love it. So almonds, good for you. Not not quite up to uh, pecans or uh, walnuts, but pretty damn good. Okay. Uh, well, while we're in the nut zone here, uh, let me ask you, <laughs> where, where do pistachios rank? You, are you talking about me again? Yeah, of course. Uh, no, where do pistachios rank in the uh, nut scale? Um, I think they're pretty good. You know, all nuts are good. And I don't think we have, uh, we have enough data because the Walnut Commission um, used all of its income, that's a national commission, to do almost all of its income to do research to support um, this. And so they've got a lot of data. I don't think we have data on much individual data on the other nuts. Um, But I think uh, if you look at it in the um, Iowa women's study and a lot of other studies, eating nuts, it tends to be very good for you meaning decreases all-cause mortality by 20 to 30 percent by eating an ounce a day. And even peanuts, which are legume and cashews, um, classify as nuts, but almonds, pistachios, pecans, the one that we have a lot of data on, the individual benefits of, as I said, are walnuts, um, and they're incredibly healthy. Well, um, and they look like little brains. If you look at a shelled walnut, <laughs> it, it doesn't it look like a brain, and it's good for your yes. brain, right? Yes. <laughs> Just saying. That's some kind of clue there that's given to us. All right, Doc, let's talk about some of the great research you sent me this week. There's a lot of really incredible stuff here, and uh, I want to look at some things that caught my eye initially. An extra 2,000 steps per day 
This made, is an amazing yeah? study. Okay. This is in women. And they looked at, and they were on average about 73 when they started the study. And they looked, and they were free of type 2 diabetes. But for every 2,000 steps, they reduced their risk of type 2 diabetes by 12%. And it was linear. So 4,000 steps was a 24% reduction. Wow. 6,000 steps was a 36% reduction. Now, they didn't have many people who did more than that incremental steps. So we don't have enough data above that. But if you consider it linear like that, 60% reduction of 10,000 steps a day, and uh, it's not that hard. You know, you just put one foot in front of the other. You know, we had a patient that was the original patient in our reversal of coronary artery disease study who said he couldn't take five. You know, we said we want you to do 10,000 steps a day. And he said, Doc, if I do five steps, I get chest pain. Angina, he had severe coronary artery disease. So severe as we couldn't. I mean, when this was in 1998, you couldn't do a bypass in them because there was no good vessel to bypass to. Wow. And so we said, well, you got a new job, two steps, 5,000 times a day. He did it. He totally reversed his coronary artery disease. He changed his diet as well. And uh, the three guys, uh, he changed his diet as well, and he did meditation. But um, it shows how powerful just a little physical activity is. And so if you can't do uh, that many steps, just do smaller numbers many times. And that's what he did. And uh, you can get 10,000 steps a day. That's great. That is really important. And this study showed in older women, we assume it's also going to be good in men. Uh, that's right. So we, we don't think there's a unique, um, if you will, gender difference, hmm. men okay. to women. Uh, Doc, well, you, you talk about uh, changing your diet, too. One of the things on your list is um, regarding salt intake. Salt intake is a hard thing to get rid of because salt seems to be everywhere. How do we do it? Well, um, the key on uh, salt is look at the label. And when it says sodium, don't have it. When you eat out, make sure you are tell them you don't want it cooked with sodium. Um, and they will, they, you know, the restaurants, at least in the old days, and I think probably still now, want to please you. Um, so uh, they will say, okay, um, we're going to try and cook without salt and make it healthy uh, or healthier for you. Um, but the key is, is really to read the labels and to find those foods um, without uh, salt. So um, I, I don't know how to say it other than that. Now, there's some tricks to do, which I'll uh, get to. But the, the key is um, finding other spices uh, you love. Um, so what do I mean by other spices? So curcumin, find pepper you like, whatever you want. But it's the, the key is track it, then avoid canned soup. Look on the soup, canned soup. And when it says low sodium or sodium reduced 50%, look at what it is. Because many of those that are reduced 50% are still half of your daily requirement. Chips and microwave popcorn. Just air, air, air pop your popcorn and put on balsamic vinegar, whatever you like that doesn't have it. 
frozen meals, pickles and olives, uh, processed snack foods. Those are the keys that are really high. Make meals at home. Don't go, don't do takeout, if you will, as much. Um, and uh, if you will, eat food that's high in potassium, such as avocados, bananas, mushrooms, peas, um, sweet potatoes, spinach, tomatoes, and oranges. Those are wonderful things to enjoy. And they're high in potassium, which antagonizes the sodium. In fact, many people believe if we have a high potassium to sodium ratio, we would eliminate about 25% of all chronic diseases. That's kind of massive. So, you know, the sweet potatoes, which are delightful, if you haven't tried it, people, they're not tough to make. You can put them in the microwave. Seven or eight minutes later, they're done. And Dr. Royzen says put them in the fridge and then eat them cold because they're better. That's a good idea. So, uh, and, and another thing is spaghetti squash. It's a great high-potassium food. Oh, I like that. And that's another easy one to cook. All this is simple, simple. We're talking with Dr. And, yeah. and guess what? <laughs> what? Then put a tomato sauce on it that is high in potassium, low in sodium, no, no salt added, and you're wonderful. You're cooking with gas, which is what my grandfather used to say all the time. Uh, yeah. We're, we're talking with Dr. Michael Royzen from the Cleveland Clinic. He's my go-to on uh, all the latest research on how to stay healthy and be healthier and even in some cases turn back the clock. Doc, exercise. We're and always, and yeah. someone who um, talks to you about one of us getting a hole in one one time in our life. That's true. I just hope we're <laughs> both there at the same time when it happens. That's kind of my dream. Uh, Doc, we always talk about exercise. We've been talking about it here. How much should you exercise to have a healthy heart? Well, the, the goal, I mean, to, to do this is first do 10,000 steps a day. The second thing is aerobic or cardiac exercise is the best thing. And you want to get, for, for, for cardiac function, one is you don't want to do this if you've had a heart attack without your doctor guiding it. But for um, you want to get your heart rate up to um, what we call initially zone two and then zone five. What is zone two? It's your age, your calendar age minus 185. So if you're 50 years old, it would be your heart rate at 135. How do you know you're doing it if you don't have a heart rate strap? You really don't. But if you do have a heart rate strap, it's 130. It's your um, calendar age minus, uh, I'm sorry, it's 185 minus your calendar age. And if you can, the easy way of doing it is if you're sweating in a cool room or unable to complete a sentence, you're there. Don't go past that. Now, to get the most benefit for your heart, though, you want to do cardio which means 220 minus your calendar age and take 85% of that. So 50 years old, 220 minus 50, 170, subtract 17, that's 10%, subtract another 8, 25 minus 170 would be 145, that's where you want it. Remember, so that's where it's a little higher than that 135, 145, um, but it is 
holding that for 21 minutes three times a week and you're doing the minimum exercise for maximum heart benefit. Now, all this math is confusing me. So I get 220 minus my age, and then I do what to get to the... Take um, 15% away from that. Okay. So you want to do 85% of that for 21 minutes. So you want to have a heart rate of 145 for, um, I'm sorry, for 21 minutes. Okay. So the, the key is really sustained exercise within these two zones. It's and, and it's only three times a week for 21 minutes. Okay. That's that's something we all should be able to do. And that's that's really key. So I'm looking at my number here. All right, I got to do that. I'm not going to put out cuz someone will figure out my age if I put that out there. Uh a doc uh, it's amazing you're still working like this at age 90. It is, isn't it? It really is. Um, and you don't sound that old. You sound like a young, chipper guy, you know, 30 or 35. I give my wife all the credit for that. She keeps me young, and that's a very good thing. Uh, Doc, uh, let's get one more Are you, you going to make sure that your wife hears this? She never listens to me. <laughs> That's just a given. Well, that's what my wife says about me, that I never listen to her. (laughs) Yeah, so we're even. Let's (laughs) We'll just do it that way. Uh, Doc, um, I'm really looking forward to the uh, the book, The Great Age Rebook. Reboot, as soon as it gets here, should be out. Hopefully in in time for the fall, but maybe even a little earlier. September September 13th. Okay, but people can go to uh, send you a note at info. At uh, Real Age? Great, no, info at greatagereboot.com. Info at greatagereboot.com. That's an email account. Go there, send them a note, send them a question. And you might get a personal response back from our buddy, Dr. Michael Royzen. And follow- if, it, if it's a good question, you will. Well, this audience doesn't have bad questions. There are no bad questions, really, Doctor Royce. Please, don't make no, me no, quit. no. But I'm saying if it's a if it's a question that others will enjoy. That's how I ask and define good. Not that it's tough or not that it's easy, but that it's likely that others will enjoy the answer. It will do additional good, um, Doc. Uh, I can't thank you enough. I'm looking forward to uh, the book. I'm looking forward to both of us getting a hole in one. And uh, let's continue our off-air conversation because I have to dive deeper into this discussion we were having. It's a deal. I would gently say to the prime minister, how can I put it? If, if you're going to be a smart ass, first you have to be smart. Otherwise, <laughs> you're, otherwise you're just an ass.